Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Thanks again, Kelly, for that introduction. Uh, You know, thank you for tuning in, everyone, to today's podcast. I count it a great privilege for you to invite me into your life. And I hope that this podcast will enlighten you, encourage you, and empower you to do great things in your business or workplace. And today I want to talk to you about praying for your business. Now, there may be some of you listening to this podcast, and maybe you're not born again, or maybe you don't believe in praying for your business, but I'm going to encourage you to hang on, and and I know you may feel uncomfortable, but, but continue to listen to this podcast, because I believe it'll be a blessing for you. And I, and I know that there is a great number of, of even Christian business leaders who don't believe that they should be praying for the business. You know, it just doesn't seem right. Maybe it it, it, it doesn't seem very spiritual. Uh, it is a business. It's a worldly endeavor. But, you know, uh, we, we pray for worldly endeavors all the time in our personal lives, in our community, for our country. And why shouldn't we? I mean, I truly believe Christian businesses should be spiritually powerful and reckoning forces for the kingdom of God. I truly believe that in these last days, I believe God's going to use Christian businesses in a huge way for an end-time revival. And um, I I won't get into that today, but I I do believe that. You know, and in in 1857, we see a little bit of this that took place then. But uh, in 1857, our country was on the brink of a civil on the brink of a civil war. I mean, at that time, New York City was one of the worst cities in the country, and it was, you know, in extremely bad shape. Crime was running rampant. Churches were closing. Pastors were giving up and leaving the city. And there was a businessman by the name of Richard Lampfear, and he went to his pastor who was considering closing the church. And so he asked the pastor if he could keep the church open. He wanted to start having some prayer meetings once a week with some of his businessmen friends. And so sure enough, they had their first prayer meeting, and they had about 25 people that showed up. Then the next week, they had 40 that showed up. The next week, they had 100. And within three months, there was several thousand businessmen that were coming together once a week to pray for their city, to pray for their businesses. And uh, news of these businessmen praying traveled throughout our nation. And before too long, there were thousands of these groups that were meeting and praying for their communities and praying for their churches and praying for their businesses. And what happened was in that period of time from 1857 to 1859, there were over one million people who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through these meetings. Now, keep in mind, the nation's population at that time was only around 34 million, and yet they had one million people that were saved in that uh, period of time. It was one of the greatest awakenings in our country's history, and it all was started by business people. 
So the first hurdle that you've got to get over is, first of all, you've got to believe that God wants you to pray for and over your business or the company that you work for. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of passages, a lot of scripture today. It says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. But notice the first half of that. It says, In all thy ways. Well, what does all mean? It means all. All inclusive. So every area of your life, God wants you to pray about. Everything. It doesn't matter how little it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. God wants you to trust him enough that you go to him in prayer. You know, look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. We see that work and business was something God anointed man to do from the beginning. When you look in that passage, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, and he's talking about Adam and Eve, And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So God created man to work. And through work, we see lots of opportunities for evangelism, for ministry, uh, you know, for helping, uh, you know, others. But it, it, it just is a great opportunity that we can take advantage of. And so God created man. I mean, notice also that he gave them authority over the work and the business that he entrusted them to complete. He gave them full authority. He said, subdue it. Take authority over it. And when you have your business or you're working in your department, you know, remember that you have authority over that area. That is your domain that you have spiritual authority over. And uh, make, make sure that you understand that. I mean, if you understand that God is the true owner of your business and you are only the steward or manager of that business, doesn't it sound a little ridiculous to make decisions about the running of that business without speaking and even acknowledging the true owner? I mean, would you think about that? Would you, would you make decisions about the business that you are managing without talking to the owner? No, you would want to talk to the owner. And so when we pray, that's what we're doing. We're praying to the owner of our business. We're just a steward of that business. You know, as the name of this podcast depicts, you know, um, Christian business concepts. See, I, I truly believe there are godly principles that God wants us to live and operate by in every area of our lives, including our work and business. God is the owner of your business or your organization, but he's given you all authority to run that business just as he gave Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1. So be sure that when you pray, that you pray in thankfulness. You know, the children of Israel would praise God for who he was and for what he has done in their lives. Who he was was revealed to them through not just their experience with God, but 
those experiences gave way to specific names that they uh, that they recognized God through. And I'll give you some of these names uh, through Je- the, the name Jehovah, uh, but they had these different names. So one was Jehovah Tiskanu, which meant the Lord our righteousness. You know, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 10, it says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So our righteousness is not of ourselves. Our righteousness is given to us, and we're clothed in that righteousness because of what Jesus did for our lives. And so, you know, they would thank God for the fact that God was their righteousness. Now, they, they didn't know Jesus. He hadn't been born yet. He hadn't, been, he hadn't died for their sins. But there was a righteousness that God gave them after they sacrificed for the atonement of their sins every year. So they knew God as the Lord of our righteousness. And as I give you these names, I'm just going to give you one scripture, but there's multitudes for every one that I'm going to give you. And there's a reason for that. Because as you go through these names of God, this is the opportunity to thank Him for those things. Thank Him for making you righteous. Thank you that you don't have to earn your righteousness. Um, you know, the other another name was Jehovah Makadesh. And Jehovah Mekadesh meant the Lord who sanctifies. You know, in Romans 8, 2, it says, I am free from the law of sin and death, and I live unto the law of life and righteousness. You know, he sanctified us. He set us apart. And so we can thank him for that and spend time thanking him for that. And all the other scriptures that talk about how the Lord has sanctified us. He's also known to them as uh, and to us as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. You know, Philippians 4, 7 says, we have the peace of God that passes all understanding. And when you connect, when you get connected to that power, the power of God that's in your life, you will learn that there's only one true peace and it comes from him. And so you can thank him that he is the Lord of peace. There's uh, another name that they, that they called God, Jehovah Shammah, which meant the Lord is present. You know, in Hebrews 13, 15, it says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. God is at all places at all times. And when I say at all times, I mean God is in the present. He's also in the past, and yet he's standing in the future. God is timeless. He is timeless. You know, it's not like he has to be present with me today, but then that means he's not present in the past or in the future. No, God is in all of those, in the past, in the present, in the future, all at the same time. You can't separate him. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's present with us. You know, another name that they thank God for was Jehovah Rapha. Now, Jehovah Rapha is, means the Lord, our healer. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2 and 24, it says, by his stripes, we were healed. And so we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. And, um, you know, whether you believe in divine healing or not, the Bible specifically tells us that Jesus bore our infirmities and our sicknesses on the cross so that we don't have to bear them. And so he was a healer to them. And even when you look in the, in the Old Testament, you find so many times where God healed people, and even in the New Testament. Another name was uh, Jehovah Jireh, which was the Lord our provider. 
You know, Philippians 4, 1 through 3 says, He shall supply all your needs by his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So you can expect God to meet your needs and your business needs. That's part of your needs. So again, we're talking about praying, and I think when you begin to pray, you pray with, pray with a, thanks, a thankfulness, a thankful heart of who God is to you and in, in your life. Another was Jehovah Rohi, and that meant the Lord our shepherd. You know, John 16, 13 says that when the spirit of truth comes, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. So he is our shepherd. He leads us beside still waters. He leads us to, green, to, to lay down into green pastures. You know, God is our, he's our shepherd. He leads us. He guides us. And when we pray, a lot of times, especially when we pray and for our businesses, we're praying for direction. We're praying for guidance. We're, we're praying to understand what do we need to do next? Uh, how do I handle this situation? How do I handle that situation? You can go to him. He's the shepherd of your soul. He is Jehovah Rohi. Uh, next was uh, uh, a name that they called him by was Jehovah Nisi. Uh, Jehovah Nisi meant the Lord, our banner of victory. You know, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, He always gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. So he is our victory. He always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. The Bible says that I am of God, therefore the wicked one cannot touch me. We can be victorious. We don't have to hope. We don't have to plead with God to be victorious. He has already paid the price for us to be victorious. We just need to stand upon his word that says that. So remember that he is our banner of victory. And then lastly, uh, the, one of the Jehovah names that they, that they called the Lord was Jehovah Sabaoth. And that means the Lord of hosts. That means he's the creator. He's the one in charge. You know, he's the one that created the heavens and the earth. And uh, did you do you realize that the Bible says that our world spins on its axis and the stars are hanging in the heavens because of God's words, just because of his words. So it's important for us to understand how thankful that we should be uh, towards towards our Lord uh, for what he's done in our life and for what he's given us. So these are just a few things that you, I'm sure you can find other things to thank the Lord for, but the names of God are just an indication of the many ways that we can thank the Lord. So you need to begin to operate under these spiritual laws and spiritual principles. You know, we have natural laws. You know, we have uh, a na nature laws. Uh, the law of gravity is a law of nature. It means that if you throw something up in the air, it's going to come back down to the earth. That's the law of gravity. And you can't change it. You, you can't get rid of it. When God created this earth, there was a law that was created with it called the law of gravity. And so that's a, that's a natural law. You know, we have laws in our communities that are enforced by police and the judicial system. Those are laws. You can't just bypass those laws. Well, keep in mind that there are spiritual laws. There are spiritual laws that take place. You see, you, you're a, you're a tri uh, or, or a, a three-part being, I should say. You, are, you have a soul, 
which is your mind, your will, and emotions, and you have a spirit, and your soul and your spirit is in a body, in a physical body. So you're a three-part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You know, in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus tells us that the kingdom of God is within us. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there are kingdom principles and kingdom laws that are spiritual that go with the spiritual kingdom, the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is not what happens after we die and we go to heaven. That's not what he's talking about. The kingdom of God, he says, is within us. That's what he says here in Luke 17 and 21. He said, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. He was saying the kingdom of God is now. And there's spiritual authority that you can take. And there are spiritual laws and spiritual principles. And uh, so it's, it's not something we have to wait for. I mean, every kingdom or country has laws. And the kingdom of God is no different. It has its own laws. And they're spiritual laws. And there are many people that struggle to pray to God because they do not see him. The idea of praying to a God that you cannot see for some people is a great struggle. Before being born again, we spent our entire life in the natural and using our natural senses. We struggle to see our life from the inside out, and we feel a lot more comfortable uh, seeing our life from the outside in. But God created man as a spiritual being. Your spirit lives in a body and it has a soul. But we need to see through the eyes of the spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 11 through 14, it says, For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So as, as we talk about, you know, uh, understanding these spiritual principles and spiritual laws, you've got to get out of your natural thinking. And you have to begin to see what God says and understand that, that you have these spiritual laws that are available to you that you can utilize in your life and for your business. Um, you know, you need to pray in boldness. You know, you don't have to pray wimpy uh, prayers that are full of fake humility with your hat in hand and, oh, God, please help me, you know. We need to pray with boldness. Pray with boldness. We don't have to, to hope he wants to hear from us. The Bible tells us over and over again, he wants to hear from you. Remember the passage we just read? He said, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. We have to acknowledge him in every area of our life. Why, why not? He wants to. He wants us to. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But notice he makes a, a statement here. He makes it 
a very impactful statement when he says, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. We can come with an expectation that God is going to hear our prayers and answer our prayers. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, it says, According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So we can have boldness in the access and confidence that we have towards him. We don't have to be ashamed. We, we don't have to beg. We don't have to plead our case. He's already there waiting for us to pray. And the next thing you have to do is you've got to pray in authority. You have been given authority over every area of your life. I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't take some time to discuss what the church has taught very little about, and that is the authority that you have in Christ. And let me tell you what authority is. Authority is delegated power. And God has delegated his power to us, to the church. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 and 18, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said that about all of us. He gave us authority. He gave us authority. Now notice in Mark 16, in those verses, it says, in my name. Well, that Greek word name means authority. So he has given you his authority to act in the world in which we live today, and that includes your business. What he was saying was, I am giving you my authority. In Acts chapter 3, we have the account of when Peter and James, uh, or John, uh, came upon the lame man that was at the gate beautiful. And Peter tells him that he didn't have any silver or gold, but he grabbed him by the hand and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and the man was healed. It was in the authority that God gave him through the name of Jesus. It was in his authority. And that's why Peter and John said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, because it was that authority that was given to him. When they were later called into question because they healed this man on the Sabbath, Peter told him, he said, his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. What he was saying was it's the authority of God that made this man strong. He was saying his authority by faith in his authority. If you go back to where I was speaking about the nine parts uh, or, or about the names of, of Jesus, Keep in mind that that's part of a new, a, the new covenant. When they, when they had a covenant with somebody in the Old Testament, there were nine parts to a blood covenant. And one of those nine parts when you made covenant with somebody is you took on their name. So when we, when we accepted Christ, we entered into a new covenant with him, and we took his name, just like the way they did in the Old Testament when they met somebody and they wanted to have a, covenant, a blood covenant with each other. They took, they took his, the, the other person's name. They, that meant their authority. A lot of times they were given a ring that was a symbol of that person's name or that person. And so that was part of a covenant that they would make between people. 
So Jesus was not just speaking to his disciples when he told them in Luke chapter 10 and 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He was speaking to all of us, every single one of us. He was speaking to all of us. You know, Jesus has already won the victory over Satan for us and all of the evil uh, um, uh, forces of darkness. He's already beat them. He's already had victory over them, and there's nothing else he's going to do while we're on this earth. According to Colossians 2 and 15, he defeated Satan and made a show of him openly. I mean, you, you can look at Ephesians chapter 1, 19, verse 22. I encourage you to look that up. According to Ephesians 2, 6, it says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're, we're seated with him. We are to walk in his triumph. We're to walk in his victory. And that's why in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, it says he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. To, to many people, we're waiting for God to show up on the scene to rescue them, but understand Jesus has already finished his work. He's already won the victory. We have to rise up and with our God-given authority and take our position as victors. And so when you pray, you pray with that kind of authority. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a police officer, right? So if you put a man in plain clothes at a, at a crossing and a highway and he sticks his hand out for people to stop, I'm sure he takes his life in his own hands because more than likely, nobody's going to stop for him. Nobody's going to stop. And so what happens is, is he's now, he's, if you put a uniform on him and he's got a badge, what, what happens is people recognize that he has been given authority. So now when he puts his hand out for people to stop, people will stop in most cases. But people will stop. Why? Because they recognize the authority. And when you begin to pray and you pray and you speak things in the name of Jesus and you speak scripture in the name of Jesus, all of hell and, and their demonic forces recognize the authority that's been given to you just like authority has been given to a police officer. So we need to make sure that we pray with that authority. So I've got plenty more to say on this, and we're going to finish it up on next week's broadcast. But I just wanted to let you know that it's time for you to begin to pray for your business. And if you would like, if you go onto our website, christianbusinessconcepts.com, if you go into the resources, there is something in there called the Prayer Partner. And you can go in there and download it, print it off, and it's a guide and uh, it can be very helpful to you when you're praying. And uh, there's going to be some other resources as well. But I'm going to finish this up on our next uh, uh, podcast because we're running out of time. But I just want you to remember that God is on your side. And also remember this, as I always say every week, Jesus is Lord and he wants you blessed. So tune in next week for next week's broadcast podcast as we continue uh, this, uh, this podcast on God wants you to pray for your business. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to christianbusinessconcepts.com for more information and resources. 
be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.